I'm going to read this morning from Romans 4:18. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. So just it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him was written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God with Credit righteousness for us who believes in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Hallelujah. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The, uh, the book of Romans is uh, probably the theological highlight of the Bible. And uh, if you want to understand the gospel and understand uh, Jesus' mission in this world, the book of Romans written by Paul is the probably the key book, and it is the pinnacle. And uh, by the way, if you're here today and uh, you're, not, you're not a Christian and you're just thinking about, like, what, what, what are they talking about? Um, every historian in the world, every credible New Testament historian, believing or unbelieving, they all believe Paul writes Romans. Everyone. That's not, that's not in doubt. Everyone thinks Paul writes Romans. So as you read this, uh, it's striking that even those who don't believe there's a God and don't believe Jesus rose from the dead, they say there's no doubt about it, Paul writes Romans. And uh, that's kind of striking, because as you read what Paul has to say, you're confronted with, he really thinks Jesus died on the cross, and he really says the resurrection happens. And uh, that is again and again in the book of Romans. Uh, by the way, the theme of the book of Romans is the just shall live by faith. Pulled out of that Old Testament book, Habakkuk, and uh, brought forward into New Testament times by Paul, by, by Paul. The just shall live by faith. Or the reason why we have a relationship with God is by faith. And it can't be earned and it can't be achieved. It is accomplished through faith. Uh, that is the message of this scripture passage today. Point number one, Abraham had faith in God. Abraham had faith in God. That's verses 18 through 21. It's in your, it's in your bulletin for your convenience. Notice, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. 
Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. So point number one, Abraham had faith in God. I like the way it starts, against all hope, against all hope, in hope he believed, against hope, but in hope he believed. Let me talk about against hope. Against hope was, you will be the father of many nations, and if you look at the stars in the sky, that's how many your descendants will be. And the sand on the seashore, that's how many descendants you will be. And the dust of the ground, that's how many descendants there will be. And he had zero children. That's against hope. Against hope. And he's a hundred. That's against hope. In fact, uh, your, your translation says, uh, let's see here. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. The original says, his body was dead. And Sarah's womb was dead. Greek word necrosis, from which we get necrotic and necromancy, dead. That's against hope. Uh, Sarah's about 90. How many 90-year-olds still hoping for a baby? (laughs) I hope not. That's what you're saying. I hope not. That's against hope. Um, A couple weeks ago, I went out the back door of the church, and uh, for some reason, the sky was dark. And I just looked, uh, looked to the north, and right in the north, you could see the Big Dipper. And uh, just as plain as day, and it's been very bright, even, though, even last night, the Big Dipper, just bright as anything. And um, I can't imagine what Abraham, Abraham would have felt as he looked up into the sky without the pollution of light around him in the ancient world. The stars he would have seen... And uh, he would have thought, wow, my descendants are going to be that many. And uh, yet there was no hope for it. And yet he believed God. That's how many children I'm going to have. And he would dream about it. This past summer, we went to the beach a few times. And I'm still trying to get the sand out of my car. (laughs) It's everywhere. There's all kinds of sand still still in my car. And I thought, wow, descendants as many as the sand of the seashore. It's innumerable descendants, and yet he had no children. And yet he believed God. God says, you're going to have this huge family. You're going to be the father of many nations. And he simply believed him. Against hope, in hope, he believed. Um, Eventually he did have a son. And his son had two sons. And yet one of them was not going to be part of the people of God. So even by the time he was thinking of his grandkids, he still only had one. And yet he believed God. Against hope, in hope, he believed. Uh, Notice what else it says. Verse um, 20. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. If you, were asked, if you were to ask me, why is it that God chose to save us through faith? Part of the answer is, he saves us through faith because nothing gives glory to God like your faith. It takes all of the glory off of you, and it's putting it on him. 
You're depending on Him, not on yourself. Faith does that. Just to give you a, a smattering of an idea of what that would mean is when you have a small little child and you put him up on something and you say, jump to me. After a while, the child gets smart and he starts to think about it. <laughs> but he'll still jump because he trusts you and he depends on you. He has faith in you. And it makes you feel good. Wow, he does trust me. Look, he's jumping or she's jumping into my arms. That's faith. And that's what we do when we trust in God. It's like we're jumping and we're depending on him to catch us and he's doing it because of his great greatness. The glory goes to him. He was fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. So point number one, Abraham had faith in God. Point number two, Abraham's faith is counted as righteousness. Verse 22, this is why it was credited to him as righteousness. Credited to him as righteousness. This takes, this takes place in Genesis 15. He hasn't been circumcised yet. He hasn't obeyed God by, by giving his son yet. This is before all of that. He just looks up into the sky and he sees the stars and he believes God. And God goes, you've got righteousness because you believe. He looked at the sand. He thought of the wonderful family he would have. And God says, here's your righteousness. Takes us to verses 23 through 24. Faith is credited as righteousness to us. Notice verse 23. The words it was credited to him were not written for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. So he says this is not just for Abraham. This is for everyone. God gives this righteousness when you believe in him. Um, accounting can be very confusing. I, all I know is that one side has to always equal the other side. Right? That's good accounting. One side has to always equal the other side. That can be very confusing. And uh, that's, what, that's, what, that's the language Paul is using here. And so on the one side, we have all of our sins. And so what's going to go on the other side that will balance out all of our sins? Well, there's a payment that has to be made. And in the scripture, that payment is death. The wages of sin is death. That's a balancing of the account. There's our sins. There's the death. Everything's now balanced. Well, there's another way to balance the equation. That's what he's talking about here. When you believe in God, he credits you with righteousness. And now the equation gets balanced by faith. Either the sins are wiped away or righteousness is poured into the other side to balance it out. And the accounting is balanced. Seems crazy that it happens that way. That's part of the wisdom of God. It doesn't make sense to us. Well, in some ways it makes sense. That's why so often so many of us are trying to fill up the other side of that ledger with our good deeds. There's all our evil deeds. Now it's time to get all those good deeds to balance them out. That never balances our unrighteousness. Paul says it's balanced when we believe and God credits us with righteousness. But even that doesn't make sense, which is why he writes some more. How does that happen? 
What is it that we're believing that helps us with our sin? He tells you in verse 24, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness, notice, for us who believe in Him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. It's kind of like He's lifting off the veil. How does it happen that those sins are now dealt with and we're credited with righteousness. Well, because Jesus Christ dies on the cross so that our sins are be, can be forgiven, and He is raised again so that we can be credited with the righteousness of Christ. Now, I wrote down in my notes, I said, this also seems to be against hope too. It seems to be against hope. Why does it seem to be against hope? Number one, death on a cross seems like an unlikely way to save people seems kind of crazy. That's against hope. Number two, I've got a lot of sin. That's a pretty big number. I'm just talking about myself. I'm not even talking about Don Eastman yet. That's a big number. Seems to be against hope. Number three, resurrection from the dead seems far-fetched. And number four, against hope. It seems that my right standing with God should have to be earned. That's the way it seems. Those, all those are against hope. But here's what the Bible has to say. right? When, when Abraham was against hope, all he had to go on was the Word of God. So here's the Word of God for you today. And I picked six passages. These are from different New Testament books. Ephesians 1. In Jesus we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. That's the Word of God. In Jesus, we have redemption through His blood. What's redemption? The forgiveness of sins. Colossians chapter 1. Through Jesus to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. By making peace through His blood shed on the cross. That's hope. The Word of God. First Peter Two, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. That's the word of God. First John chapter 2. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Revelation chapter 1. To him who loves us, that's Jesus, and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Or Hebrews chapter 9. Christ was sacrificed once to wait, take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. The word of God. Abraham against hope, in hope believed. You against hope, in hope, can trust in Jesus Christ because of the Word of God. One of the things that Abraham was told was that uh, he would have a nation and he would have a land. And God says, go to a land I will show you. And he went to that land. And when he died, how much of the land did he possess? A burial plot. 
Imagine, imagine if on your death, your kids go into your lockbox, I don't know, and go, okay, I wonder, I wonder what he's got. <laughs> I wonder what she's got. And they open it up, and all you've got is your burial plot. <laughs> Doesn't sound too exciting. Abraham lived in a tent all his life. All his life he lived in the tent, waiting for the land God would give him because he believed that God was going to do it. It was credited to him for righteousness. I was, I was thinking about this, Michaela, this week because on my honeymoon, we went tenting. I would not recommend it. My, my tenting days are over. <laughs> in fact, uh, if my kids want to go camping, I go, take the tent. Please don't bring it back. I don't care if you put a hole in it or wreck it. I'm not using that tent anymore. My tenting days are long behind me. Abraham lived his entire life in a tent, waiting for the land that God was going to give him. He believed him, that his descendants would have a land, even though he had zero when he died. Against hope, in hope he believed. Well, today you can be like Abraham, that against hope, in hope, you can believe that your sins are washed away because of the Word of God. He has placed them on the cross of Jesus Christ, and there they have been washed away. Now all you have to do, believe. Believe. And that will be credited to you for righteousness. That's a good transaction. Believe, and it will be credited to you for righteousness.